Welcome to another Transformer Issues. I'm your host, Elon Mercado. Here's my co-host, Aiden Cleland. And every week we review a Transformer toy and one Transformer issue of the ongoing IDW comic. And this week we will be reviewing Last Stand of the Wreckers, issue two. We're also going to be reviewing our toys that we brought into the studio today. I brought in Titans Returns Perceptor. What I brought today was the Transformer Cybertron Supreme Class Starscream. And uh, set up our social media. As of right now, we have an Instagram and a Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at TransformerPod and at, on Instagram at Transformer Issues. If you have a story to tell and you're in the Chicagoland area and you need a podcast studio to do it, look up Jazz Fuzz Studios. Just look it up on Google. You're bound to find it. Twitter, yes. Instagram. Oh, yeah. You'll find it. There's a website. Mm -hmm. And they have a lovely recording studio. It's a really nice setup. You should look them up. Stick around for our second episode of Transformer Issues. So before we begin, I'd actually kind of want to take a sidebar to talk about some of the big news that's coming out of uh, San Diego Comic-Con this week. They um, they had like their big preview nights and they put everything out on display um, where they talk about basically everything that's coming out for the next year, which is kind of it's kind of mind-blowing. I mean, there's I'm pretty certain there's still going to be some more reveals later down the line, but now... Every toy line has been revealed with like their initial waves. So, and was there anything in particular that uh, was drawn, like that you were interested in? That was uh, revealed? Yeah, like they're now rebooting the um, what I like to call the generations line, or what they've been calling uh, the generation line for like, a while now. Instead of uh, it being about uh, combiners now, now that it's going to be about. Um, Going back to pre-war or like pre-Earth Cybertron, where everybody's looking like they uh, have uh, Cybertronian modes or whatever. But the thing is, is that all the characters look like how they did in the cartoon. So everything doesn't quite have like a alternate Earth feel, but rather everything, everybody looks like they're, they came out of like a Back to the Future 2 now. So it's almost as if like Transformers Generation 1 used with the transform cybertron games well not even that like it's it's like it's entirely different modes and everything like whereas like the the original war for cybertron games had like original designs all the way through mm -hmm. this one is like clearly we're going to try to do how the new version of the original character but somehow give him a cybertronian vehicle that doesn't quite look like uh, an alien vehicle to me but rather again back to the future too even optimus has like what they did is they added more headlights to the truck mode, and now you can flip the wheels down like they like you can with like the DeLorean, <laughs> like so, a, so it's like a hover truck. <laughs> yeah, a hover truck. Basically, that's it. And so I did not know Optimus Prime was made by Doc Brown. Oh no! Well, I mean, in this kind of continuity, apparently he is. Apparently, but there are some other things that have it going for it. Um, they're bringing back one of my favorite. Uh, Sublines from the original cartoon, which was the Micromasters, which was uh, Hasbro's answer to <clears throat> Micro Machines, which is they you would set, buy like these little packs of four and you would get tiny little transformers that would be 
like a little airplane or a set of cars or whatever. And they all had like these little themes and eventually they would expand to like bases. So it would get, they had like the, something called the rocket base, which was like one of my favorite toys as a kid. It would be just basically, you know, the crawler that brings out the space shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. They had that as a toy, but then you would open it up and it'd be a command center with like a ton of consoles, ramps, and like little pegs for everybody. So instead of turning into giant robots, they turn into the base for a giant robot. Is that the way it is, or uh, kind of? It would be. Um, it would be more like they would get a vehicle that they or something like that that they would ride in, and that vehicle would change into a base, and it'd still be its own thing. And then the little and the base would come with like the little figure that would be the character that would transform into a tiny little truck or airplane or whatever what have you so yeah so i'm i'm kind of excited for that because they're bringing that back and they're going to bring it back with more articulation and apparently everybody combines into weapons now for like the bigger guys so that's going to be cool. more articulation is always fun oh yeah <laughs> weapons are also always fun oh yeah but and they also did oh yeah they also previewed the next cartoon um oh cyberverse yeah <laughs> and apparently it's Basically, the setup of it is Bumblebee is on Earth and he has amnesia. He has no idea who he is. Classic writing technique, amnesia. Oh, oh yeah. And um, another character named Windblade is there to help him jog his memories. So you get to see flashbacks to Cybertron with Bumblebee. And, like, it's the whole history of, like, how the Decepticons came to be and apparently the Autobots and... Just for season one alone, they came up with 90 character designs. And just to be clear, this is not a sequel to... It, this is another like another reset. This is not the aligned continuity. That was like the Cybertron games, Prime, and Robots in Disguise. And Yep, it's its, its own separate thing. And and another they, con- different continuity. Another reboot. Yeah, but it's like it's, it, it goes in cycles, so... Yeah. I, I like believe me. At my point, I'm kind of used to that. You know, they rebooted like G1 to like Car Robots, the Unicron trilogy, oh, the, the Unicron trilogy. Oh yeah, that one was all over the place. I mean, the toys are good, but the animation was like, yeah, yeah U- Unicron trilogy uh, happens. Uh, I have a toy from the Unicron trilogy in the room. Oh yeah, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> okay, and yeah, I, I'm excited for it, but I'm still like. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to be picking up any figures, but it's a little bit odd because I'm getting, if you're into like original Transformers, apparently now you're going to have like two options, like the cartoon version or like this War for, or War for Cybertron Siege thing, which is something more that I'm interested into, but it's... I mean, you still won't know until they actually come out. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm on the fence of if I'm going to get anything of it at all. I've been skipping the last couple of cartoons just because I want to save money for like, yeah, <laughs> and have like other things in my life, get you know, some masterpiece in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. And they also have been um, previewing Bumblebee stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they brought back, and like, speaking of which, they brought back your character or from like, last week. Yeah. Yeah. Drop back, dropkick. Oh, yeah. It, uh, hopefully, up. Uh, from what I've seen, he might actually be more important. That I don't even know if he was in those previous movies, but uh, he does seem to have more of a point. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he wasn't in the previous movies at all. He was always like a he was just a toy. <laughs> yeah, he was like another guy to fill out the line, so to speak. But um, this one, they're keeping the cast really small. Like apparently, there's only been four Transformer characters introduced. Three of them Decepticons. One Star of them Scream, Dropkick, and, Bumblebee, and who was who else was there? I believe it was uh, Shatter Shot or uh, let me check. Yeah, but I do know that it's a character voiced by Angela Bassett. Oh, of course. What fun. I, I, I'm i interested. But yeah, So the four characters we have revealed are Shatter, Dropkick, Starscream, and Bumblebee. Yes, that's the yes, that's the four. Both Bumblebee and Starscream actually looking more like, a bit more like their G1 counterparts. That's, I guess, the style that they're going with. Not mm-hmm. complaining in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just happy to finally get faces that I can like read the expressions of. <laughs> Because that was like a huge problem in the first movie. And also a Harrier jet. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, they, it, each Decepticon apparently has like two modes. So I'm excited for... The, I'm interested to see like how they'll do and how it'll look. Just because, of the, you know, two in one... Be, two, like Transformers has always been a bargain. So it's always been like two toys in one. Now you get three in one. So I mean, I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a, a massive toy line for this movie, but I'm just looking forward to see the movie, to be brutally honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I've been, and like the trailer had me, won me over immediately. And the fact that like a certain director has, is not bringing, is not coming back to the franchise. So um, he, who shall not be named, just, <laughs> just for the sake of like time, like not because of like, you know, we're actually afraid to say his name. It's just we can't. We just don't want to go down that rabbit hole, you know? Is that all for the San Diego Comic-Con news? Well, there's going to be plenty more of it. It's going to be, it's, there's like a way too much for it to me to go into like now. We can devote like an entire hour to like unpacking that news. There's that much content. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like they've been, they've been holding, like they've been building this stuff. This is a big year for them. Like movie. Yeah. <laughs> new show and new like trilogy, so to speak, for the, um, for the Generations line, so to speak, a new cycle. Yeah, but are you overall, are you looking forward to everything that's coming out that was announced at San Diego Comic-Con? Uh, I'm looking forward to most every... Yeah, I am looking forward to most things, but I'm not going to be buying that much Bumblebee stuff, um, mostly because I don't tend to buy a lot of movie product, uh, unless it's, like, really top of the line. Like, I saw one Bumblebee toy that <laughs> I do want to buy that has lights and sounds and, you know, light up swords and shit, so I'm like, hey. okay... That seems cool enough for me. And I also want to see like what their Starscream is going to look like. So, the, j- Just the w- one picture that we got already looks awesome. Oh, yeah. So fingers crossed that like the toy reveal is going to be bo- the bomb on that guy. I, I guess just July is a great year for like media in general. <laughs> oh, yeah. San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego yeah. Comic-Con. And this is a bit off topic, but a new Godzilla trailer was released. But I'm not going to talk about that aside from the fact that I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm kind of pumped for it. Like, isn't L in it from like Stranger Things? Isn't she in it? Eleven, eleven, Millie yeah. Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> yeah. So so far, she's got a good track record. I'm so I'm going to follow. Like, that's already got my like endorsement for it. So, would love to see a Transformers Godzilla crossover. To be brutally honest, <laughs> I yeah, I would pay to see that fight too. Hmm. Anyone who has good taste in a giant things beating the hell out of each other would definitely be be into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, we had that in Pacific Rim. Anyways, uh, shall we get into uh, this week's issue? Yeah. 
So this week we are picking up where we left off last time in uh, Transformers Sins, uh, Last Stand of the Wreckers. With Not Sins of the Wreckers. Yeah, that's the, the next one. It's a different comic. Yeah, it, we'll it's get there issue eventually. two. And we last, we last left off, um, somebody, a new house guest was coming through. Impactor? Uh, yep. And uh, This one we do not start out where we left off in the last issue. Instead, we go back in the past. To, to Overlord, yep. right? Yes, of course. On another planet looking like he is just brutally murdering Autobots left and right. Like, literally throwing them... It's like, you ever seen those, like, uh, you ever hear that question? Like, what would you rather fight? Like, 1,000, like, kindergartners or, like, like two, like, one big duck or something? <laughs> this is, like, the literally the equivalent of that, except with Autobots. And, and then Overlord. <laughs> yes. But uh, in the first panel of the comic, he's he just immediately crushed an Autobot to death. That will That'll take the current death toll for this this uh, comic series to four mm-hmm. brutally four on screen <laughs> who got god knows how many there are off screen okay and the next page he is bragging about how great he's doing so he, uh, i mean he's got a lot more to be proud of just uh he's got a lot more to be proud of than just those uh as elon put it last episode big sexy lips and romanesque nose yes <laughs> <laughs> that which I will not. I'm gonna abs- try to abstain from that. Try, like, try, but no promises. <laughs> okay. And as he's going under, wondering, uh, or as he's monologuing, he talks about how he is getting bored because nobody's offering a real challenge. So he breaks through the middle of the fight to head back to Decepticon uh, temporary HQ on the front there. And where he converses with Megatron. That is Megatron, right? Yes, that and is two, Megatron. And then two other Decepticons. <laughs> yes. Those are the guy with the mouthpiece is known as Six Shot. And the guy with he does he does have have like six alternate modes. Yes, he does. Yay. Um yeah, he is kinda known for um he's a larger size, like he was kinda like a held out from like the last of like the no, I want not to hold out from the last line, but of the very end when just when the cartoon just ended. So they introduced him, and he's a fan favorite for sure. He's like, uh, but in this world, him and that other guy, that other Decepticon there, is known as Black Shadow. Who, fun fact, according to his Japanese bio, is a member of the Japanese Mafia, or the Japanese Space Mafia, or. Just the so, he, so he's a, a, a Cybertronian Yakuza. <laughs> yes. Or I'm sorry, not a member of the Japanese Space Mafia, but just Space Mafia. Just so we're clear. Okay. Never mind then. Yeah. Although Transformers started out as a Japanese property, so you could say he's a, a Space Yakuza. Could be. You could, if you stretch it enough a bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like a whole, it's a whole separate thing, that origin yeah. story. But let's uh, let's continue onward. So Megatron is for finalizing his uh, phase six protocol, which basically says uh, when a planet has been infiltrated and uh, basically torn apart on the brink of ruin, him and those three other big Decepticons there are known as phase sixers, where they basically come in and just Plunge the planet down to utter darkness. I very, guess very creative name. Mm-hmm. It is face face six. What are we going to call ourselves? Face sixers. Yep. 
Well, what? I mean, that's just the uh, unofficial nickname that came up. Okay, yeah, but it's more about something you have to see in action than read about. Yeah, and uh, it looks like um, Overlord is resistant to him. He doesn't like the idea of being a pet for Megatron all that much. I mean, neither does Starscream, but Starscream, uh, unlike Overlord, isn't it entirely that threatening? Not as much, at least. Yeah. Anyways. It, oh, yeah. It's uh, Overlord is a bit hesitant because Megatron threatens him. And it kind of makes you wonder, what does Megatron have over Overlord that would make him more uh, fearful of a guy who's like supposed to be like weaker than him? But, but the, at that point, that ends the flashback, and we cut back to Ultra, Mag- Ultra Magnus's ship in the present, mm-hmm. where I believe we have all the rookie wreckers, just as Pyro puts it, uh, I need a mo- I'm a wrecker. I, I can't have a motto. I gotta have a motto. I'm a wrecker. Yep. It looks like all the wreckers are just uh, living it up, so to speak, in the shadow or like in the glory of being a do or die Autobot uh, or elite Autobot. Was it squad. like a 30, 30% death rate each mission or was it 33% or is it higher? It's a little bit higher. It's like, I think it depends on like how you count certain wreckers. Um, wait, until, yeah. wait until you meet Rack and Ruin. They kind of screw up the count. Let's just say that. <laughs> um but yeah, you get to know the wreckers a little bit more. Uh, you get to see um, Guzzle working on his gun, the uh, the judge there, and as that, well as... That's called the judge? Yes. That's a name. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, Iron Fist carving into the table with, uh, with his harpoon, I guess. And I believe it says wreck in... Uh, he doesn't really finish it, but I think it says re- it's supposed to say "wreck and run." Wreck and rule. There we go. The classic uh, wreckers catchphrase or battle cry. Wreck okay. and rule. And instead of just saying it like, "Hey, I'm going to carve into this," who knows how expensive this tailor could be? All right. Well, I mean, well, so far nobody's issued any citations, and uh, I guess they're just trying to live up to the hype of the wreckers, you know, including this uh, Optimus Prime lookalike known as Pyro. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's mainly the head. And, oh, yeah, Iron Fist brags about how he um, knows about all the big wreckers' adventures, including the time Impactor, uh, oh, yeah, used his sky sled to attack a drilling platform over the Sonic Canyons to rescue, uh, rescue a Autobot named Zanon, or I can't, I can't pronounce it right, or Zanaron, whatever. And then he brags about how he tracked down the sky, a piece of the sky sled and sold... 4,000 credits and one of his eyes just to get the a piece of the sled. <laughs> so that's a little bit fun bit right there. Speaking of Impactor, after that we uh, cut to, I believe that's this is Perceptor doing a little bit of work on Impactor who was a bit damaged and lose, missing a hand. Yeah. Impactor, a few Autobots like, or a few uh, Transformers like the head not use like the a hand but instead get a little, um, usually a blaster. But in his case, he likes to have a harpoon. Just because he likes bringing in his uh, targets close. He doesn't want to be Mega Man. Nah, not quite. You know, he doesn't want to take that that route. But um, as Perceptor is crawling around Impactor's head, he talks about there's something called a deterrence chip, which is uh, which is basically what it sounds like. If you're a prisoner in this Garrus Nine and you walk off, boom, there's like a nice little explosive present for you. <laughs> yep. It, it might be a uh, mind blowing. Yes. 
Totally mind-blowing. <laughs> As part of the records reunion here, Impactor talks about how the Decepticons have overtaken the prison G9, and Fort Max is the only person who has the codes to to uh, the explosive detonator in his head, so he's not exactly worried about uh, it going off anytime soon. And then Impactor and Springer begin their awkward reunion. But not before coming to another flashback. <laughs> Yes. Of course. Where I be- isn't Impactor on Garrus Nine? Isn't isn't that what that scene is? Yes, uh, he's back in the prison, and he it looks like a Decepticon named Snare <laughs> is releasing him out. For if only because um, oh yeah, it's because uh, deep down most of the Decepticons there they may be officially in charge of the place, but they're just as much as prisoners to Overlord as the Autobots are. They just get to walk outside their cells. I mean, in Snare, Snare calls uh, Impactor an Autobot, to which um, Impactor replies, Autobot, I'm a wrecker, Snare, first and always. <laughs> yep. Because he's got a legacy to live up to. And... He's got some teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's got a, some burning justice shadows going on in that second panel there in that page, which I totally love. Which is all you get to see, like teeth, but everything else is like shadowed out. Great artwork by Nick Roach, and oh yeah, this issue, comic is issue, uh, blah. This issue is written by Nick Roach and James Roberts, who we'll be reading more about later on in this uh, podcast show. Fun fact: Nick Roach is actually also the artist, not just the one of the writers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and then we go back to the present where Impactor. And Ultra Magnus and Springer all having a powwow again. Powwow. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. But eventually, Impector, I guess, starts yelling at Springer. Yeah, basically saying, you have to bring me along, while Springer is all like, uh-uh, you're just a prisoner, so and I'm in charge, so do what I say. <laughs> and as they're yelling at each other, what was the name of the human again? Verity. Yeah, like she rolls by with her uh, little... Uh, wheel boots over there or whatever the hell that is yeah i want to say like it's like a it's like a unicycle on a boot and the end of each well it's actually more like something kind of mega manny speaking of which oh. um you know it's actually like it looks like a tire at the end of her um at the end of her boots yeah which is kind of cool beat that rollerblades um <laughs> and then let's see and then Springer, or, and we get back to Impactor still making his case to Springer about uh, why he should be tagging along since he knows pretty much everything. He's also still missing a hand. Yeah, which he absentmindedly kind of uh, supposed to scr- leave a scratch along the wall, which is something he used to do in his cell or back in his day, but I guess he's got a little case of phantom harpoon syndrome there. Phantom harpoon syndrome. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Mm-hmm. As Impactor walks away, Ultra Magnus and Springer do a little chit chat. Where eventually Ultra Magnus mentions Aquitas. But after that, we then goes into all of the wreckers and Verity discussing what the next plan is, and of course how dangerous Overlord is. They're discussing a mission, and it eventually ends up with them like preparing to set off towards Garrus Nine. <laughs> yeah. But before that, they get a little bit of a pep talk by the guy who's done it all, Cup, including a flashback to when he last fought Overlord. And beat the snot out of him. Surprised he's not dead. Yeah. Like, it's like the, this is like one of the 
grew like uh, one thing about Nick Roach is he really knows how to draw busted up Autobots, including our or one of my favorites, uh, Cup here, who's definitely seen uh, better days and is leaking energon everywhere. It's just a little substitute for blood. Mm-hmm. They can get away with a lot of just saying, "Hey, it's energon." <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, they go over their plan and they decide to take. Uh, or I'm sorry, they decide to get ready and you see uh, each character or each group talking about what they, what's going on and hinting at like other subplots that are, I think, beginning and including Verity sending a letter to Ultra Magnus saying, by the time you read this... And, and then it goes that far. Oh, yeah. You'll have noticed my uh, love for big fonts, to quote <laughs> Nick Roach. Uh, okay, so, and but and uh, after that, uh, once it is uh, ready to set towards Garrus Nine, they use two two pods in Ultra Magnus's ship to go at uh, pretty high speed uh, into Garrus Nine. <laughs> yep, and the pod, and you see the which comes into. I'm um, oh, sorry, let me start over. And then you see the pods uh, getting into the force field, going past it, and the Decepticons... They're met with gun, like loads and loads of gunfire. Oh, yeah. You can just... Like, I look at this page, and there's, like, this shot of Decepticons just rising up, transforming, waiting to, quote-unquote, greet them. And you can just hear the... Uh, the Like, you can just hear the auto turrets just firing, and, like, just hear the... And just... It is just like one spectacular image. But this actually starts what I would consider one of the, probably, isn't this like the first, maybe the first hot, like big action scene in like this storyline? <laughs> uh, yes, it's, well, I mean, we started last issue with like the prison, but yeah, this is, uh, this is in the current uh, timeline. Yes, this is the first big shot of uh, Autobot, of the Wreckers taking on the Decepticons. So, yeah, and oh yeah, we get to see a great shot of Perceptor using his uh, science sniper abilities. He's ha- he's hanging, like it's like hanging. Someone, I believe, um, Topspin is holding his legs down, so he's just hanging upside down and outside of the hole that was made in the pod, and just shooting at Decepticons. Yeah, which is a totally killer shot. It's amazing. Oh yeah. Aaron just did a, a, a little bit of a Rambo pose here. Because, you know, it's records and they got to do it in style. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's not just about it, it getting the mission done. Got to look stylish while you're doing it. Oh, yeah. But eventually the pods crash deeper into the prison on Garrus 9. Uh, Verity makes a comment. I for, uh, Verity makes a comment. Okay, we've arrived. What happens now? And we get this amazing ending shot of the comic where we see Overlord looking over Verity, looking, of course, very threatening, lovely drawn by Nick Rush there, and he says, now, now things go from bad to much, much worse. Yes. And then that closes out the comic. That closes out this current issue. What? So, uh... What was your overall thought of this issue, Elon? Uh, okay, so I remember reading this issue and kind of going banana over or bananas over the uh, the whole thing. Just so far, um, it was kind of like the art was artwork was kind of drew me in, and I love the fact that like 
Um, there is so much like mystery and so many uh, things hinted on, like because uh, it wasn't just like a standard Autobots versus Decepticons thing here going on. No, much, much like the first issue of the comic, there's actually a lot of I'd say foreshadowing, possibly, mm-hmm. or just is there a little bit of Easter eggs that are there to get people excited to read the next issue, especially the ending panel of this comic. It just ends on a perfect cliffhanger where Overlord is just looking over the main human, Verity, and doesn't seem like it's going to end well. Oh, yeah. things. Yeah, that is definitely a great cliffhanger ending. And also, um, it kind of made me want to buy, like, that was the kind of, this was the page that made me want to buy Overlord, but apparently I was about 20 years too late or at least 15 because he was originally released as a European exclusive ah. slash Japanese exclusive as a character as like for one of the Japanese only cartoon shows. But damn, I wanted to get that toy so badly when I when I saw this. Oh yeah, comic. Overlord is definitely the probably like the biggest star of this comic so far. Like oh. this whole little storyline. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. This is uh, yeah. I had that, and the sad part was is that um, when I first read it, like that, I had to wait like another month. Just because comics take a that's, good comics take a little while. That's the worst part about reading a comic as it's being made, is that you like you have to wait for the whole thing. That's why I choose not to watch shows as they're airing after they've been going for a while. For example, my friends keep pressuring me to watch The Walking Dead. And I'm like, it's still going on, and do you know how long we have to if I catch up. Number one, it's a lot to catch up on, and number two, once I make it, I'm gonna have to wait if I go on that far. Yeah, I can see why this might have frustrated uh, people. <laughs> oh yeah, if they're like reading along with the comic, because I overall really like this second issue. I think I, I like it a lot more than the first one because the first one was more just setting up the whole thing. And this one is still also sort of setting up, but it just things are starting to get real. <laughs> oh yeah, like it really delivers on the action compared to like the the first one. The first one that was mostly just talking. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, Overlord killing. <laughs> Oh yeah, just having his uh, fun, and then it was good to see finally the Autobots in uh, action doing their thing. The Wreckers. <laughs> oh yeah, the Wreckers, and just that more of that intrigue between what's going on with uh, Springer and Impactor, and like they clearly have a lot of history as implied by their conversations in this issue. <laughs> oh yeah, um, and then of course what's going on with uh, t- Top Twist or let me top make sure spin. Get, Top Spin and Twin Twist. Uh, something about something occurring way more hap- like uh, more often, and try and them just saying they have to commit to like just fighting through it. So, yep. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a fun. It was I gotta say this is a fun read. It definitely leaves you hanging and wanting for more, which is just it. hanging. Oh yeah, <laughs> like 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 receptors hanging out of the pod. Oh yeah, and he's just and speaking of which. Um, Oh yeah, how'd you felt about the issue before we go on to like, other perceptors? I definitely it is a a pretty good follow to the introductory first issue, and much like the first issue, I'm definitely going to want to read the next one because I'm I'm pretty invested, especially after the action starts happening and that cliffhanger. You you see this small ass human who is in a sort of a mech suit, kind of yeah, just a, a Iron Man little Iron Man esque. And then you just got this, the scale is done tremendously. See, Transformers have always been bigger than humans, unless you're, I don't know, the uh, 
what the Maximals or, uh, or Beast Wars? No, not the Maximals and the Predacons, even though those are also pretty accurate. But what I, what I was referring to was the Pretenders. Wasn't oh, that yeah. It? <laughs> oh, yeah, the Pretenders, the ones that had the Transformers inside somehow. Um, that's a little bit like a fuzzy logic to get into. But yeah, yeah uh, there is like there was a cart or a uh, toy line where Transformers would hide inside human shells. And human somehow skeletons. Yeah, and somehow shrink down to normal human size, despite fa- the fact that like they would still change into. I mean, Soundwave can still transform into a human sized cassette, it's like yeah. a cassette recorder. So, I mean, well, it's a, it's a thing. Megatron can turn into a gun. It's you know they can change their size when they transform. Oh yeah, I mean, but, they even had a pretender in one of the Michael Bay movies. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, what was their name? I've, Dallas. Allison, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's set a little bit. I don't want to go like. Do I want to use my good Baybob for that one? Just say I didn't enjoy like the tongue thing and like the fact that like, why did she had like a like a tongue that was like longer than like Gene Simmons or Venom's? <laughs> so this chameleon tongue. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, and I'm out of bombs. So, how many escape pods would you rate this, Aiden? How many? <laughs> Beat me up, Scotty. <laughs> No, but I, uh, I would say I'd rate this probably a four out of five. The last one was wrecked by Overlord. And I, too, would also rate it four out of five pods. Okay, and why would you rate, why do you rate it four out of five? I rate it four out of five most uh, because it is a darn good issue so thus far. It does manage to get you involved to, or endeared or invested into the characters, despite the fact that there is a ton of action going on in this. Once again, somewhat of a setup, aside from the fact there's actually more action this time around. But this perfectly gives a bit more backstory to some of the rookie wreckers and Overlord himself. And I just love that last panel. Just the beautiful work done by Nick Roche there. But I'd say what could have been done to get that last, like, get that last just in the skate pod? <laughs> you mean get it down uh, or shoot yeah. it down? <laughs> um, well, to be honest, like it's, it's well, I mean, if it wasn't, it, there had to be like some payoff. Like I felt like it needed to be, I, I guess it's just like we were given hints of things, but it's like, you, okay, you gave me an appetizer, but I'm really here for like an entree right now. So, yeah. I, so it's, but it is a damn good appetizer. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Like one, I just I personally love going back into backstories, but you know flashbacks I'm not too keen on. But what this issue could have done is just give me a bit more action, and it probably would have gotten that last escape pod. <laughs> oh yeah, and now let's go on to our next segment. That is, that is a perfect segue, especially mm-hmm. into our our little toy reviews here. I brought in a Titan Returns Perceptor, which was released. Uh, in 2017, I believe. Sorry, I just... So last year? <laughs> yep. And it was a fantastic toy line. I love the fact that, like, um, they not only brought in, like, a more faithful Perceptor toy, but I do love the fact that the, th- the gimmick they added was the head is detachable, and it becomes its own little guy with its own little mini Perceptor guy, if you can take a look here. What is this? I look at this, I just, I'm just reminded of, like, the Power Master partnered Optimus Prime called Hi-Q. Yeah. Like, it, either it's just a Minicon. 
that's the things I think of when I look at this. Oh yeah, it was a it's a shout out because like um it was around this time uh, or no, I'm sorry, not around. It was uh, at some point in Transformers uh, after the cartoon they started or just around the tail end of it they started releasing um they started actually adding in more gimmicks they were trying like to the headmasters because yes. i this is either i just think of the power masters and then the headmasters when i look at this like little this little head pop <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah they wanted to go small they wanted to add in more playability because people were getting tired of just having uh just a basic you know oh it's a car and a robot so they or in the case of megatron he's a, a gun Oh yeah, that has a very interesting uh, transformation. Yes, the, OG. the, the crotch cannon. <laughs> we discussed that last episode. It's just a uh, nice to go back and think about it. We won't dwell on that for too long. I guess. Well, Again. I mean, other because like Robot Chicken did a great job of pointing that out. Yeah, if you want some perfect take on some amazing Transformers designs, just go watch some Robot Chicken. It's perfect, especially when uh, the characters are voice acted by their original voice actors. Oh yeah, I yeah. It's still kind of hilarious that they managed to get Frank Welker on like all the time to do Megatron's voice as well as Soundwave. But hold on, let me finish transforming Perceptor here so we can get. Oh to yeah, his, you were transforming Perceptor. Yeah, to his classic, uh, can, uh, classic uh, microscope mode. Microscope. Yeah, uh, he was part of uh, are the. Tr- are you gonna transform it back to robot mode later? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, okay. he actually has another mode too. Oh. He's got like a, there's a shout out to the original toy that actually had, uh, was a, actually had like another little figure and a little guy when it was originally released in Japan as the Diclone line. But here we go. Why don't you take a look? That just straight looks like a turret. <laughs> but well, no, it, like if the, if the, what's supposed to be actual microscope and they look into if this was just a bit more up it looked like a regular ass turret so yeah so so we have the i'm going to start off here with the uh microscope mode which actually has a bay for the um instead of the slide you can put the little target ma- or titan master figure on for so you can actually be, be head <laughs> oh yeah that can be a repair platform and none of that but if you turn the nozzle on the on the actual uh lens it'll zoom in Yep, zoom out and in, and it does work to a little degree, the magnification on it, but I wouldn't exactly bring this to my high school science class. No, of course not. Or put a term paper, or put my fate of a term paper on this thing. And then, as a special callback to the original one, it does, and you are right, Aiden, it does have a turret mode. Let me just finagle a couple of things. It's not just, I'm going to... Also, as I'm going to lean it back a bit, shift the legs behind me, and then move the nozzle up because it actually has a little, like little, not really sculpted in treads, but it's got a little tread design on the sides of the like empty arm. <laughs> yeah, that is the arm, right? Well, that's With actually that- the legs. Oh, okay. Yeah, the lower legs, but they end up being the base of the uh, microscope, mm-hmm. and they. Uh, they actually kind of retract a little bit, but I flipped them out so they can be on display here. And the little guy, the little head just goes on the back. There's not really, at least that I can see, no port for him to stand on, which is no. a little bit unusual for just, like the toy line. You just got to put it there and there's a little silver piece like on, on the back where 
is I assume it's the control panel for the turret. Yeah. And it just basically there's like a cannon that just leans forward. It's got a little hinge joint here. Oh yeah. A little bit of a swivel. <laughs> it's always nice. Swivels are great. Uh turret mode I think it's a little bit weak. Um it's just I mean maybe as an artillery cannon or something or some sort of laser cannon stationary that like it's not supposed to be like moved that much. Clearly not because it doesn't have any actual functioning treads or wheels to compensate. Nah, but it's supposed to be slow moving, but as a cool looking sci-fi microscope, I kind of like that way more. Yeah. And but, it's just kind of fun if it's the character's persona cuz he's known as like the brainy one. Okay, but uh, right. how would you, how many uh I would give it if I had I would give like the toy like how about no, like how about the turret mode? I'm going to give this guy I'm going to rate Perceptor's battle cannon mode 2 out of 5 slides or contaminated slides. It's just like a holdover from the original toy. It's kind of I mean granted it is a nice callback, but it just looks like the the microscope mode bending over. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. It's not like the greatest vehicle in the in the world and, <laughs> and rather I'd rather display it as like a giant microscope with like a tiny little person next to it. Just standing there. Oh yeah, just standing there and like uh for some reason a gun that he can sit in. Microscope mode, I love that. It. It's it's very faithful to the original one, but it also is way better posability. Even though it's way smaller, it just looks better than the original one. It's a great upgrade. And then for the robot mode, robot mode is very faithful to the idea a perceptor in terms of like how does he look not only in the cartoon but in the comics. How is its posability? <laughs> it's great. It can it actually has extra posability Paint. because of the way it transforms. Oh yeah, it has the painting and sculpting. <laughs> and the painting and sculpting's really good. There's great solid detail there. I love the fact that like and the forearms kept the little knobs to adjust the uh the focus on the microscope mode. And uh, well of course his gun is of course, uncolored, but I actually think the gun looks pretty badass. Oh, yeah. It's a little science, or his little sniping cannon. Yeah, it's got a little, uh, little what was that? Uh, tripods. Got or a little kickstand. Kick got a little bipod <laughs> where you can obviously, I'm pretty sure with the possibility that it has, it can, like, someone do a sniping pose? Yeah. Actually, let's give it a shot. Right. And of course, it's head sculpt. I think the head sculpt looks actually awesome. The faces. Well, I give the uh, robot mode five out of five contaminated slides, uh, mostly because of just incredibly the incredible detail on everything. Uh, Hasbro knew that this was a very important or very popular character who's been kind of. He was not only consistent in, or big in season like two, but he was also he stuck around through the movie and through season three. So. He's got some much great like love out there in the fandom, and Hasbro totally delivered on him. Even though they shrunk him down, I felt it was just perfect execution. I couldn't do any better myself. How's the transformation difficulty? <laughs> uh, it's not that difficult. I just feel like it's just, um, again, it's very simplistic, but the nice thing about it is it does help its posability a lot. And it's like, it, while it does have like three modes, I do felt like maybe it could have been, if there's going to be a third one, they could have done something to put it in an actual working cockpit, like the rest of the figures for the little figure mm-hmm. or the little Titan Master figure. But overall, if you're just a fan of Perceptor, then this is a great mold to pick up. All right. And why don't we go on to your big guy over here the, who's been looming over us. He's just been, I, I have him standing in an angle where he's just staring at my face. He's been staring at me this entire thing. 
He's been plotting your demise. Cle- clearly. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, well, it's, a, it's the most Starscream thing to do, plot your demise. <laughs> I mean, but will he succeed is the question. Mm-hmm. This is bad comedy. But uh, what we but this is definitely, of course, modeled after the Transformers Cybertron design, which was the third, uh, the third show of the Unicron trilogy. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, I think, back when he got, at least in the cartoon, they had a reason as to why he got so big. He kind of got power hungry and became, became super-sized Starscream or Supreme King Starscream. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember the show all too well. I just don't. I just don't think much like Transformers Energon, which is the worst Transformers Pete property in existence. Um, mm-hmm. Came back from the dead because he died in Armada. <laughs> yeah, it was like. Um, I mean, like it was like the animation could have been better. It was basically the toys, but they did it like the most stiff animation ever. Yeah. Which you kind of want to have like a degree of squash and stretch. And and so, speaking of stiff. Wow, is this this robot mode really stiff? Because it, since it's so big, it can't really have that great posability. Rather, yeah, those it, ratchet joints oh, yeah. are really tight. These ra- ratchet joints are really tight. He, he's got more posability in the legs, but he's also got a very hollow calves over mm-hmm. here. Yeah, but he can't really move his arms around a lot, and he's a little uh, bit top heavy. Yeah, you, but a, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think that's more just the, the in general, Transformers Cybertron design. And uh, he's got, like, these shoulder pylons that kind of match Overlords, except not the exact same color. But what this, the main gimmick of, like, I think the the whole Transformers Cybertron story, like, toy line, was the Cyber Planet keys, where I don't have it, but there's a, uh, in the Null Rays that are, oh, multitask has its wings... Like these huge things, you could you would be able to put a cyber planet key in there, like a little slot. And once you put it in, he's he's got little little purple sword, arms arm blade that comes out of the null ray mm-hmm. with semi transparent plastic. Semi transparent plastic that I I believe did light up. I don't remember exactly, but uh-huh. that was one gimmick of it. The the other side, the other Norway had a little gun that came out that also came with a little, little thing to fire, but that got lost. And he also came with, but the Supreme King Starscream version came with a little, little crown that matches in the original Transformers movie. That bad comedy, <laughs> but um, yeah, the robot mode it looks great. Love the mechanical detail in here, but as I with. I look forward to posability in any Transformer, and this mode certainly does not have it. It's too da- I love big Transformers, but this is too damn big. Yeah, and I feel like the kibble... The kibble is... It's not... It's, it's not Michael Bay level in terms of, uh, I guess, everything. But, but, yeah, the kibble definitely gets in the way of posability you can't even move his arms out at all but they can bend with very clicky and tight ratchet joints <laughs> but yeah i do like uh there's like a couple other things it did have lights and sound it, there was a little panel on the sides of these little shoulder cannon things mm-hmm. that it as if they were they're laser cannons so when you when you press this little button over here it lit up and flashed purple light while making a very 
like very loud firing noise, and that was also in the they also lit up the the red eyes, which doesn't have any light piping, so you can't hold up to can't hold up to the light, and it won't it, it'll be completely dull, much like the show, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. But yeah, and there's also the chest lasers, or as you call them, the, the... nipple lasers. But uh, I think the mechanical detail looks great. It was genuine, genuinely. It looks really nice. It except for the empty calves and all the kibble. But the kibble's less the actual toy itself and more just the Cybertron design in general. Because that was that's anime. It was very excessive. <clears throat> I'd say this robot mode three Cyber Planet keys out of five. Mostly because it looks great. It is it's ginormous, which is always fun. But overall the kibble and its severe lack of posability is just what ruins it for me. Like dropkick last last time. It's it's mostly because I have a nostalgic attachment to this. I was playing games on Hasbro.com and I saw an ad for this. I'm like, I want that. And I got it. Yeah. But uh what do you have to say about this robot mode? Uh, well, a couple of fun facts, aside from them, like the pointy nipples, um, lasers, the, (laughs) or the pointy laser nipples. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just, (laughs) I like the face sculpt. There is a big nose there that I kind of sharp. It's kind of pretty Starscream-esque, but it's unlike what Starscream should normally be. It's a very dull expression. I never want that with my Starscream. No, you No, you want your Starscream to be very emotive i guess is the right word no you want him to be smirking because he's the guy who's got the shit eating grin yes he's the guy who's plotting your demise while like kissing your feet you know that's that's the type of expression you want like yeah but energon just ruins starscream in the unicron trilogy and it carried over to this show armada armada i loved him i'll go on about that later but yeah. Anything else you got to say about this robot mode? Because I've said all I want to say. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about a couple of fun facts about the design. Uh, one, it was originally based off of a comic book design called The War Within, drawn by uh, Don Figueroa, uh, where basically for the first time ever, Transformers go back to Cybertron and every character got... Brand new bodies that showed them with like all new modes that showed them exactly what you would see on Cybertron, allegedly. And Starscream got one of the most popular modes. In fact, uh, you you told me the, uh, uh, yourself uh, the fact that it was so popular that there's third party manufacturers bringing mm-hmm. this guy back. So to see, speak. there's this company called especially this is my favorite edition, but the the company called Make Toys who made toys such as the Thunder Erebus or what was called the Howling Meteor which was a third-party representation masterpiece style of the G1 Starscream. Get it? Howling Meteor, Screaming Star. Mm-hmm. But um, there was actually a the same company made a third-party version of the Cybertron Starscream called Galaxy Meteor. Fun fact, Transformed Cybertron was named Galaxy Force in Japan, but a uh, G- Galaxy Star Scream. But um, overall, that one was actually... I. Th- Kind of solved all my problems with this. And I think it looked a lot better. It had, of course, the classic Starscream shit-eating grin. Mm-hmm. And Cyber Swords looked a lot better. I just think that was an overall better version. It wasn't as big, I, but I don't need big. Um, it doesn't need to be big. It doesn't need to have lights and sounds. I just want it to be nice and poseable and look great. Because it did. It did look great. Yeah. But uh, I totally want to get that. <laughs> well, it's totally... 
I think, well, yeah, it's totally a great design and to see it updated with like more articulation and better posability, that's always fun. You know, it's third party. It's just always comes through. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, not always. I had, there's been like, you know, (laughs) I like, I don't veer off into the third party figures that much. I usually like to get the, the add on packs, like take your official Hasbro product (laughs) and make it better. But all right. Should, uh, shall we get into the transformation? Yes. Why don't you give us a... I shall do that. Yeah. Because I just, uh, I memorized, uh, like all my transforms, I memorized the transformation. It's a little bit like cumbersome due to the sheer size of the figure and the fact that like so, the posability sometimes does get, like the re- extra joints that you get with the thigh joints do make it a little bit hard it's, to... All the ratchet joints do wonders. It's just they're also extremely tight. That's I don't know. I hope that's not just my figure. Even the alt mode is massive. I'd, I'd say this is a uh, pretty wide. Is this like Kylo Ren Last Jedi level of wide? <laughs> Would you, yeah. do you say that? But the head is completely obvious, and the legs are not entirely obvious. They actually blend in pretty well. Not many things really snap in, especially not the arms. But this, there's a little tip of, like, a little tip that came out of the feet. There's actually what, I believe this is actually supposed to be what his blaster normally looks like in the show. I could be wrong about that, but the Make Toys Galaxy Meteor has it do that. Like, it has a little gun sticking out. Of course, this is, act- this is actually pretty show accurate, which is quite amazing. A little, what it used to be the nipple cannons get more use here and look a lot more correct. Mm-hmm. As in, since this was, you know... Yeah, I-, I like how, like, they're basically right next to the cockpit, so... <laughs> so <laughs> now they- it looks more correct. And I, but I do complain. Uh, my if I have one complaint about it, like it looks like one of the missiles that for this formerly the shoulder cannons is blocked by more of the torso. If you you can see if you can or like what's supposed to be the um, cockpit for the figure. But uh, Aiden, how many Cyberverse keys would you rate the alt mode? Depends on how I want to look at it because this is actually very show accurate and the kibble is. Also, pretty damn show accurate, but uh, I'd probably give it an overall four out of five, just because it doesn't look like a functioning jet at all. I just I like the look of it in general. Doesn't look accurate to a real life jet, but it looks accurate to the show. And I'd probably much more prefer it in this to be in this mode. I'd rather display it in this, mostly because I don't have to think about what could have been if it's posability, because it, it's a jet. It has wheels too. Rolls pretty nicely. But aside from all the, the nipple lasers and the wings in the back that don't do a whole lot and the arms that don't snap in, difficulty-wise, well, that's less... That, that transformation is pretty simple. It's just it's hard to work with the joints that this thing has. Yeah. So I'd prob- the, probably give the difficulty a four Cyberverse keys out of five as well. And uh, you already know my feelings about the robot mode. But um, it looks like the sculpting looks great doesn't work for me <laughs> okay so next week we are going to continue on with last set of the records issue three where we see the fate of verity and we see whether or not she makes it alive or whether or not she is just a basically a glorified toenail uh, color for overlord so thank you once again for come uh, everybody coming in to listening to our show we hope to see you next week and Next week, we will be bringing in more Transformers excitement and toys and news. 
Shout out to Jazz Fuzz at Twitter, Instagram, and just jazzfuzz.com. Once again, if you need a podcast into the Chicago area, hit them up. It's on the website. And we, as of right now, we also have a Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TransformerPod. And follow us on Instagram at Transformer Issues. Wreck and roll, everybody. <laughs>